Welcome to Physician Founded, a podcast series sponsored by Macadamian and hosted by myself, Jeff, and Ali. As you can probably guess by the title, we interview physician founders. This time on the show, we have with us Dr. Samuel Fassi, a co-founder of Kiops, a co-founder of Halo Health, as well as a gastroenterologist at St. Joseph's Health Center. Dr. Fassi, I mean, since this series is titled Physician Founded, let's start with the basics. What drove you towards medicine? That's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I think I, I was one of those uh, almost, I wouldn't say a lost soul, but even from a young age, my parents tell me that, you know, I always wanted to be a construction worker. I wanted to be, you know, every, every type of uh, occupation. I'm, I'm the first physician in my family, um, in a very large and very large extended family. So, you know, I mean, it was never in the forefront of my, of my life, seeing medicine and seeing healthcare upfront. But, you know, I think I always excelled in school and the math and sciences. And then, you know, I think it was, you know, a combination of guidance counselors and exposure. And we're talking about pre-internet times. Uh, you know, you don't really get to see it. I, I think the exposure was very different back then. So it was really only once I was getting into school, doing math and sciences, and then understanding that medicine might be, you know, a way of the future for me, and then starting to see that. And I think even early on, I was wanting to be a chiropractor, even going into university, um, which had sort of, you know, parallels in, in medicine. And I really loved sports and sports medicine and it just kept evolving. And then even when I was in university, I said, well, you know what? I think, you know, medicine is going to be for me. And also I want to be an orthopedic surgeon. Um, I was never tall enough or good enough at sports. That was the, that was the problem. That was sort of the early days of how, how it sort of got started. Those are the early days throughout medical school. What were some, I guess, interesting times that you had? Because you talk about being interested in sports as well as uh, orthopedics. How did you end up in gastroenterology? Yeah, that's actually really funny. So, you know, I really took that curiosity like into medical school. And uh, someone, you know, it was one of the residents who told me, you know, don't look at what your life is like as a student or as a resident look at the staff and look at what they do and, and ask yourself, is that what you want to do when you're a bit older? And I really took that through every specialty. So every specialty I, I rotated through as a medical student, I treated it like this is my chance to see if this is something for me. Uh, and in my first year of medical school at the summer break, I did two electives, one in orthopedic surgery with sport in sports, uh, and you know, they do a lot of sports surgery at Mount Sinai and they're the physicians for the Blue Jays. And, um, you know, that was sort of earlier days. And then internal medicine, literally back to back, like I couldn't imagine two very opposite specialties. And I remember sitting, sitting in the OR and no dig at all to my orthopedic surgery fellows at, at, at no, I was a med school, a med student. What did I know back then? But I was sitting there and after, you know, two weeks of watching my hundredth knee replacement, I remember vividly saying to myself, if everybody left this room right now, I could finish this knee surgery. Um, you know, I, and not to sound arrogant, but I was like, and then, you know, it was ringing true that what my, that resident person told me like, look at the staff and is that something you want to do in the future? And I was just saying to myself, I don't think I could do this every day. You know, some people probably look at me now in gastroenterology and say, well, you do the same thing every single day. And, you know, every specialty is different. I'm sure every knee, every hip, every case is going to be very unique. But to me, that was like a pivotal moment where, and then I did, I followed up orthopedic surgery with internal medicine. 
And it was so different, you know, like we're running codes, we're seeing patients for all different uh, illnesses and everything was like completely unique. Like each case was a little bit different, at least in the eyes of a medical student. So that's where it opened my eyes. I'm like, you know what? I, this is my division point. I've now selected out of surgery and I'm moving down the, the avenue of medicine. And then within medicine, I never really lost that, that joy of using my hands. Uh, and in medicine, you don't have too many opportunities to do that. But in, uh, in gastroenterology, you're, you're sort of this almost pseudo surgeon, right? You're doing procedures, plus you're doing medicine and treating medical patients. So it really brought together those sort of two worlds where I really did enjoy the idea of working with my hands, but then I also enjoyed sort of the medical side of this as well. I sort of, you know, that's, that was the early days. I was like, you know, I, I, maybe my story was a bit unique because I remember even as a med student, not too many people had electives in two completely different specialties, but that's sort of where the big change happened in my career. So, you know, talking about change, in addition to just, in addition to being a physician, you're also an entrepreneur. You're, you gave life to an organization called Kiops, uh, which was formed in 2019. So where did the idea, tell us a bit more about Kiops and where did this idea or this need for Kiops come from? Yeah, that's great. So, you know, I think this also goes back to in my, my sort of core group of my friends and my colleagues that I, that I um, you know, grew up with through medical school and residency. And we have this group that we're very keen on you know, working, working in like health tech startups and being innovative, innovative in our specialties, innovative in medicine in general. Uh, and we used to get together regularly, you know, we used to, uh, hopefully once COVID stops, we can do it in person, but we're getting together regularly mm. and just having dinners and chatting about ideas and opportunities. Uh, so really that's where some brain, a lot of brainstorming for each of my friends' uh, startups came up as well as uh, Kiops. What Kiops is, it's a, it's a platform and a network where we help uh, connect physicians with in, uh, industry and other people looking for their feedback in an easier and uh, efficient way. So imagine doing uh, surveys, advisory boards, uh, meetings, uh, and information translation sessions where you could just do it on the go asynchronously. Uh, you get credited for the time that you're doing. Uh, and, you know, and from the physician standpoint, that's what, you know, that's where I look at it through that lens. The idea of where, where can I use some of my off time and be a lot more, you know, productive, uh, instead of getting asked to, you know, here's a three hour session. We need you after work or in the evening time or on the weekend, those things were impossible. So, you know, it, it all started really from that exact point of where, where is there a, where's there a need for, as a physician? So me and my friend, um, who's, he started up also his own company where we're actually just having a beer on a patio and brainstorming what are pain points we have in our life right now that need to be solved because what we do today is absolutely backwards. So that came up, you know, what, what do I have in my inbox every day? I get invitations from come and listen to this dinner session. Here is a educational session. Can you join us for this advisory board? I get blasted by hundreds of survey requests or interview requests. Uh, mm -hmm. So we, we started just thinking, how, how is this even a thing anymore? Like, do I actually have to drive to this hotel conference center or go to this dinner meeting? Uh, and you know, my wife's going to kill me. I can't do that three times a week. So there needs to be a better way. 
and that's where it all started. And uh, back then, me and my friend then uh, partnered with, you know, a couple uh, guys really part-time at the time. We built an MVP and went out uh, and did a pilot project in fertility and in gastroenterology and really proved out like the company that we worked with. They loved it. The, the 10 doctors in each specialty loved it. They did it from their phone. They thought it was awesome. And then we said, okay, we got something here. Uh, and then, you know, it took a little bit of time, but then we, uh, me and a couple of colleagues built out a team, uh, put in some seed money and now, you know, now we're building it up and we raised another, uh, we raised our safe rounds, closed that. And it's really starting to pick up a lot of steam right now. Yeah. So essentially, you know, it seems like it's a space where people can, where, where physicians can showcase their knowledge with a larger audience. Um, and you know what? What I've been seeing is amid this pandemic, there's there's a greater need, at least what I've been seeing, is a lot of uh, physicians speaking with the media. So there's a lot of opportunity in that space as well. Um, do you feel like Kiops has, uh, there's more of a need for a platform like Kiops in this, in this sort of milieu that we're in, in this COVID pandemic? Yeah. So when we started it, it was, it was a bit hard to, it was a bit hard to, get buy-in from some, uh, from some people, because when you, when you try to break into an industry that's done something the exact same way as they did in 1965, you could imagine it's really hard just to penetrate that as a, as a young startup, but then the pandemic came and all of a sudden you had no choice. You cannot meet at a conference, uh, center. You cannot meet over dinner sessions. You can't meet face to face in an office. So all of a sudden it, it thrust this industry into an avenue that they were not accustomed to. So they would be willing to uh, listen to that. And I think the other thing it did is the physicians are very receptive to this, but it just wasn't offered to them in a different, in a different avenue or a different platform. So I don't think we ever had a problem on the physician side. It was sort of more on the industry side. So I think you're bang on. I think COVID opened everybody's eyes to, wait a second, maybe there is a better way. And maybe we just have to evolve a little bit faster. And now I think there's a huge trend with every company we talk to, everyone is scrambling, not only because of COVID, but I think now they've realized there's a different appetite for this. And on the physician side, of course, we'll go back to meeting in person and meeting over dinner. But then I think there's an expectation that, you know, I don't think 100% of my meetings have to happen that way. Uh, there must be a different way that we can augment that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's super interesting that you've had that evolution uh, during COVID overall and that you're bringing these opportunities uh, to physicians online. But I've heard that with these, I guess, online opportunities of engaging with different companies uh, in this age-old fashion, um, that that in-person engagement provides a lot more opportunity for brainstorming. Um, so I guess from your model, how do you expect to grow and how do you plan to evolve to meet that niche or meet that need of, you know, creativity that you can't really get with these really structured interactions? That's, it's an amazing question. You know, I, and I, uh, there's a lot of secret sauce that we're working on, to be honest. Uh, but you know, some of the generalities that I could definitely talk about, you know, I think the, is the same way of, and I'm not liking us to this, of course, but you know, it's the same way that before fa Facebook came out, some people would say, well, you can't replace hanging out with your friends with Facebook or, or talking to them over the phone with, you know, with some sort of social media app, but really that's the way that we're engaging, you know, and you can imagine, uh, platforms like uh, clubhouse or, 
you know, on Twitter, there's now these uh, chat rooms and there's different ways to collaborate, to engage, to become asynchronous or even synchronous, but on your own time or micro engagements. So when you start thinking of it like that and more of a, on an innovative spin, then I think you'll start understanding the things that we're sort of talking about in the back rooms of, of what we're doing at Keops. And, you know, right now, the, what we, what you see today uh, at Keops is not what you're going to see probably by the end of the year and maybe by next year. A lot of things were cooking in the, in the back room, but you nailed it. How do you keep some of that relationship? How do you create some of that brainstorming? How do you have that back and forth without physically sitting in a room with a white paper uh, on the board? You know, it's possible. And I think that that's how a lot of things are going to continue to happen. You can see how many people are, are working remotely right now and not in an office. People probably thought pre-COVID, well, my, my business cannot function unless I have everyone on the team in my boardroom working together with post-it notes. There's a lot of solutions out there that, you know, we can, we can solve for these things. So it's exciting. That's where some of the challenge comes in. I think you nailed some of the issue, but, um, and you know, we're going to work on that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really, really interesting. And I think another, I guess, way of looking at it is that physicians have often been so busy that while we do see the needs on the front line quite a bit as to how we can best serve patients or improve processes. Um, there are only a few physician leaders who go about creating new innovations. And that's because, frankly, we may not have the time or maybe even the way that we think is really structured, regimented through all these guidelines that exist today in medicine. So why do you think that it's it's a group like yours that started this and not, uh, and, and not one from industry that led this change that you said has been around for ages? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I the, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, people out there trying to solve a lot of the the problems, even the ones that we're working on. So not, I'm not discrediting anyone who's you know working away, but uh, you know what I think ours is ours is, our story at Keops is a bit unique. It's really physician built and physician uh, led, or uh, where our co-founders are were both physicians, and one of our early investors is a physician. He's uh, also actively involved. And 12 of our investors in our safe are physicians uh, who are keen on helping us get started. And I think where a lot of the, a lot of the challenge uh, comes in in this business is how do you keep physicians engaged? Uh, what makes it interesting to physicians to continuously get involved? And you can't solve that side from the other side of, the, of, the, uh, of this equation. So, you know, industry or other, other people who are looking for physician engagement, you know, they've done one, they've done, they do their job. They, they've done what they do, uh, for quite a while. And there's definitely, you know, they've been successful at what they do. I'm not discrediting any of that, but I think the, the demographics are changing in medicine. They're de the, the attitudes are changing. There's a, a, a feel and a need to also have, you know, a, a, a third party or some sort of barrier in between to make it a bit more ethical and a bit more compliant as well. And, you know, that's what we're really focusing on as well is cleaning up some of the, the, uh, the partnerships and the engagements and making them cleaner and even, you know, tracking them as well. So lots of things that we're working on where, unless you're a physician, you probably don't understand some of the pain points that the physicians have. And, uh, but we've also built out a Keops, you know, I look at it almost like a puzzle where we have like physicians and we've really built out our group on one end, but also we have 
experts who have uh, worked, you know, for decades in industry who really understand the industry side. And then we have um, our new CEO who's built products for over 20 years and, you know, and digital products. He really understands that space and a new marketing uh, person who really understands like uh, growing the marketplace. So, you know, when you piece all of these pieces together, that's when you start becoming a really functional company. And I think that, that, that's really where the key is. You know, if you, if you told me, Sam, you can't, you can't add anyone to your team. It's just going to be you and Saeed, your co-founder, your other co-founder physician and see what you can do. You know, I think I could really understand the physician side and it'll probably end there. We might get a little bit of buy-in and that's about it, but it's really building out your team where there is really different domain experts. And then when we get together, we really put the story together and really brainstorm. And I think that's where the benefit is. And I think other companies out there have really nailed the other side, which is the industry side. And this is how industry would like things or for how we can you know, run uh, platforms. And this is really way to do digital um, innovation, but they lose the physician side completely. So I think what we're trying to do is really bring both together so we can understand both pain points and build a product that really actually solves, a, solves the problem. Yeah, so you sort of speak to like sort of the both of the strengths that you have. You have the physician side, you have that business um, sort of skill set. You know, I want to I want to bring it back a little bit to that business um, conversation. Where did your interest in entrepreneurship and business in general? Where does that stem from? Yeah, it's it's a great question. You know, I think this goes back. I think almost to the beginning of our conversation. You know, I'm the first. I'm the first physician in my family. Like the. I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial home. You know, my dad's always been a, um, a business owner. He's worked for himself. He started up his own companies, uh, even since he's moved to Canada. Uh, you know, and always I've looked at myself, if I don't start a company, I'm a failure in this family. Uh, so, you know, I've always had that sort of mindset, but no, I didn't really have any business background at all, uh, all through my, uh, all through my training during medical school and residency, I created a managerial curriculum, which sort of helped to round out the curriculum for medical school and residency, where teaching you, you know, real estate and, you know, your taxes and, and we bring in speakers to help us with that. So, you know, I've always had some interest, but I had no skills. And really, I think it came down to, and these are some of, the, you know, life circumstance. So near the end, when I was in my GI training, uh, right near the end, my, our program director sat each of us down individually and told us, Listen, there's no jobs out there. So you need to do something very unique that's going to help you in your career. So uh, she helped me brainstorm. She asked me, like, what would you want to do? And I, you know, I, I really like different specialties within GI, but, you know, I told her one thing that I've always had an interest in is, you know, in within the administration or business that is related in medicine. And I would love to do my MBA. So actually McMaster was very supportive. I did my clinician investigator program and I did my MBA at the same time at the Rotman School of Management. I did it full time. Uh, so I was the only physician in that, in that class, uh, which was definitely a unique experience. It was eye-opening, honestly. Like uh, uh, what I tell people is, you know, in medicine, you think you're, oh, I'm the smartest kid in this class, like all through like elementary school, high school and uh, you know, once you get there, you, you think, well, only the smartest people gone to medicine. Like you know, all that uh, to me is, is, is definitely not true. Cause I'm sitting there in a class, you know, finance, I'm like, 
oh Lord, someone's going to have to give me a tutorial at the end of this class, right? And, you know, marketing. And I'm like, how are they so creative? How did they come up with this? You know, we're working on projects and presentations. I was blown away. I was blown away by my classmates. Um, so, you know, I think that was where a lot of my skills came in, where I got to really take two years out of medicine and think with a completely different uh, mindset and working with people who don't think the same way as physicians networking with them, uh, making, you know, being friends with them is just, it was an eye-opening experience. And ever since that point is where I think a lot of things changed for me. So going forward, then that's where a lot of my thinking changed and a lot of opportunities opened up. Yeah. And you touched on something that I find really interesting is, you know, it, when you were doing your MBA, um, you know, like you, you talk about in the world of medicine, there's a, you know, everyone is seen as like wanting to be the smartest person in the classroom. Whereas in business school, you're kind of taught to, you probably don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to be surrounded by people who are smarter than you, who are helping you, you know, as in your team. Um, so that sort of, you know, touches upon my next question, which is how would you describe the different cultures um, that you experience in business school versus uh, medical school? Yeah. So that was definitely another eye-opening experience because I think in if for anyone who's gone through the journey of medical school, and I think it's analogous to, you know, dental school, law school, any professional school, any professional program where you're sort of competing your way across. You know, medical school is very much, it's so linear, like all the way until you're in your thirties, you're, you're competing with everyone that's your classmate or your friend for certain, uh, fixed spots. So, you know, I, I remember in undergrad, I would be fighting with the people in my class because I only know, I know that maybe only 10 of us will get into medical school. So you don't want them to succeed above you. And, you know, it's hard to get out of that mindset. Then once you're in medical school, you, you, you sort of aggregate often with people who like the same specialty as you, but you know, there's only two of that specialty and there's five of you, you know, there's going to be three people very upset. And you always go through that process where you know, everyone around you is almost like your, your natural enemy. Uh, and it's a hard, you know, I, I definitely, it's not a happy way to go through your training. And I think I definitely dissociated a lot of that along the way, but I think it's, it's natural. It's natural to feel that in medicine and they almost pair you up and they, 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 they pitch you against each other, right? Where you go on electives and there's an elective student from a, a, a different university and you know, only one person's going to get GI at the center you want to get into. So you better prove yourself, uh, you know, more capable than them. So, you know, I think it, there is definitely this very, uh, you know, very competitive uh, path once you're into medicine from that standpoint. And it sort of breeds a lot of competitiveness and not, not this collegiality. In, in business school, it was completely different because I think there's a different, you know, there's a different blue ocean there. You know, if you want finance, you know, there's thousands of finance jobs. You're not fighting for one single finance job or, or one single consultancy job, even though there are certain ones that are really prestigious that people want. But I think you nailed it. Is, is you want to sort of pair yourself up with the smartest people as well. So, you know, if there's a five-person group at your, at your program and you're going to do a presentation, you want to be the dumbest person in that group because that group will lift you up, right? As opposed to medicine, you want to be the top of that heap. So, I think there's definitely, there's, there was definitely that difference. Well, one thing I was, I was telling Jeff about this, I think the last time we chatted, you know, one thing I never heard about, uh, was a coffee chat 
know, sounds silly, but you know, what's a coffee chat in medicine? You know, I've gone through medicine for my almost more than half my life. I have no idea what you're talking about. What, what is this coffee chat? And my friends at Romney would be like, what do you mean? Like, a, it's like you, you, you email one of these alumni or someone in the specialty that you really like, they'll meet you for coffee and chat with you and take you under their wing and they'll help make introductions. I was like, Are you cr- that, that's, that's wild. And, uh, so, you know, some people would have coffee chats with me cause like, oh, you, but you're in healthcare and you're in medicine. Like maybe you can help me. I'm like, sure. Like, uh, what can I do? How can I help? And that idea of, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't gain anything. It's not altruistic cause I gain the, the, the benefit of feeling better that I've tried to help somebody out, um, in, you know, when I do these coffee chats, but also the idea that maybe if I'm a mentor or a mentee, like it's a, it's a, it, you know, you, there's different benefits there, but. The, the, the idea was so foreign to me because I'd never heard about that in medicine. And I don't think we ever, uh, you know, we, we don't advertise that or we don't really, we don't actually go out and do that. And I think it's sort of a, a very, you know, it's, it's a bit sad and it's, I have some residents now that reach out to me in medicine and, and would love to pick my brain. And I always say, yes. So I'm, anyone who's watching this probably knows that's true. I've done zoom meetings. I block off parts of my day and I'll chat with you about your career and where you're going and what, how can I help you uh, get to some of those? Uh, uh, but those are very few and far between. And in, uh, in business school, that, like that was a daily, a daily sort of a, uh, appointment. Jeff, I was just going to say, maybe we should uh, rename this podcast, um, coffee chat with physicians. That's actually a really interesting prospect. Um, I'll consider it, Ali, I'll consider it. Um, one thing that you didn't, you didn't, you didn't touch upon, um, Dr. Alfassi is one thing that, you know, I, I make fun of this all the time that my engineering friends are all in California making solid wages already. Um, and like basically going about their lives, um, they're free to do as they want. Um, whereas in medicine, we have this really structured regimented path to go from, um, you know, an undergrad to medical school, to a residency, to fellowships, like that in itself makes it makes time a very uh, inflexible construct. Whereas in the startup business world, you need to move at a rapid pace to get to where you want to be. Otherwise, someone else is going to get there first and you won't be able to get the exit that you want, for example. So how do you think, um, I guess, this dichotomy has impacted how you think about medicine or business? And how do you think physicians should, should think around this, I guess, these different models of thinking so that they can become uh, more effective physicians or maybe even business leaders in the future? Yeah, I think things, I'm hoping things are changing, but things in medicine change so slow. But I think the mentality of the newer generation of physicians who are coming up and the fact that we're even having this conversation is, you know, this just shows that, you know, a lot of the future I'm hoping is going to change. You know, the idea of, you know, I, I probably had going, you know, going through my medical school and residency and I would, I brought up uh, issues about, you know, the medical practice uh, management curriculum or this uh, managerial curriculum. So bringing in other, you know, other lectures or speakers about different things in medicine that are almost taboo. Like, how do you run a clinic? How do you do this efficiently? How do you hire a secretary? You know, how do you work with your finances? Like things that, it's almost taboo in medicine to talk about because like you said, it's very much, you're going to do this, you're going to work here and you're going to do it, you know, five days a week. And this is how things operate. You know, I think there's one part there, which is how do you manage your practice in, in, in medicine? 
you don't have, it's not that you're thinking about the delivery of care as a business, but to deliver care very effectively, if you run it, uh, if you run your practice more efficiently, like a business, you're going to deliver care much better because you're not stressing about all the other small aspects as they come up. But I think the other parts of your question is as well is, you know, where, where's the leadership part? Where is the training for that leadership? I think a lot of it used to be, uh, thrown, you know, you're thrown into the fire. So just as the older you are at the hospital, the longer you've uh, your tenure, you will now be the chief of your department. You will now be the CEO of the hospital. And that's just how it was. You know, the physicians ran things. Now I think there is a big change there as well, where a lot of the physicians, oh, sorry, a lot of the CEOs of hospitals are not physicians and they're not even healthcare workers. Uh, they're, you know, they're business experts and, um, and the, the other idea is, you know, what other parts of, you know, uh, leadership and innovation, um, are, are there for physicians? And I think that's where, you know, part of what we're talking about, like myself and my experience of starting up and being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I, I had a feeling early in my earlier days, it was a bit more frowned upon because you're, you know, your work, you should be a physician. You should be just five days a week, a physician and your weekends. And that's all you should do. You should not think about anything else. And I think that mindset is starting to change. And I hope it continues to change because I think as physicians, we add so much value outside of just our clinical care. Cause I, our clinical care, I could touch so many people and you know, I, I spend by far the majority of my time doing clinical care, but there's definitely some other parts, the innovation where I can, I think I can make a big difference, uh, in, in what we do. And I love to wear that hat. And the other thing it does is, you know, it prevents burnout where and I know too many of my colleagues who, if they're five days a week in their specialty. You're going to see a lot of people, especially now with COVID, are going to start retiring early and young. And I've already seen a lot of people leave medicine or scale back drastically just from burnout. And the idea where you have another hat that you wear, even though it's not less hours, it just lets you think in a different mindset and use a different part of your brain. Uh, it, it allows you to just have more longevity even in medicine. Uh, you know, and, and one of these things, uh, I'm not sure if we, we are going to get a chance to talk about, but Halo Health, which is one, uh, another group that I co-founded with some of my colleagues is an angel group of physicians where we help physicians get involved with health tech companies. So, you know, and use a different part of your brain. And that's a really nice way. If you're not going to start your own company, maybe all you want to do is just chip in insights in a, maybe a specific field, uh, with a company that is in your field and give all those perspectives as a physician that probably, you know, these companies are starving for. So, you know, at Halo Health. We help invest, advise, and connect uh, physicians with health tech companies. It's just another way to really get involved and stretch and just use a different part of your brain as well. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. So if we are to get physicians involved in, I guess, different and to, to get them to put different hats on uh, per se, you know, what aptitudes or strengths do you think they could bring to an entrepreneurial career or mindset? Um, and in which aspects do you think that they, they would need support or a, a place to learn? Yeah, that's great. You know, I think the, the, anytime anyone asks me about this and, 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 you know, how did I get involved in, you know, what, how can they get their ideas off the ground? You know, I, I, I always start off with, uh, I think you need to take inventory of your time and your skills and be honest with yourself. You know, I think, uh, uh I hear this quite often where some people say, 
you know, uh, if you're, if you're going to start up your own company, you need to know how to do everything yourself and you will do that. Like you have to run this company, uh, completely. That's impossible, uh, for nearly every physician. You know, there are certain specialties that really work well for that, where it's a specialty where, you know, you can work for a set block of time and then you could be off for extended blocks of time. So you can have, you know, prolonged stretches of time where you can really focus your energies. Okay, for those people, I can buy that maybe they can work on a startup. Startup is like a baby. It takes up a lot of your time and a lot of your hours. And it's definitely not for everybody. So some people just have the have a great idea and they would love to cultivate it. And, you know, those are people that maybe that's where you start networking. You meet people or innovators who are out there who are in the in the spot where they're looking to take an idea and really run with it. And all you need to do is give your idea with some clinical support and support it along the way. For some people, that's all they need. There are some people that do want to uh, do every aspect of the business from the beginning all the way through. But that's where I would go back to that first question is, do you have the time and do you have the capabilities to do that? And if you, and if you don't, then the other thing is, you, I think you should really uh, think about partnering yourself with, with somebody who does have those capabilities. And, you know, there's a there is some great places to network uh, and that this goes back to that coffee chat, right? Like in medicine, we just don't know how to do that. Just start doing that. And that, and you'll be surprised that all the people out there who might be able to help you, or if you're willing to put in the seed money is hiring some full-time boots on the ground. And I, I think there's no substitute for full-time uh, employees. Trying to get something off the ground as a side hustle part-time is damn near impossible. And I think anyone who's listening to this, who's done that before probably is now sort of, you know, nodding their head and saying, yeah, he's probably right. Cause you know, I, I tried that. That was early days of Kiops trying to take this off the ground with four people doing it part-time. And just, you know, we had a, we had a bit of a false start the first time, uh, but it was only once we got the full-time team on board where it really picked up. You know what? Yeah. And I, I sort of want to talk a bit about this, this entrepreneurial space that we're discussing, but with physicians involved in it, you know, physicians, there are certain strengths that they do have. Um, what strengths do you feel that they have that they could bring to the entrepreneurial space? Great. I think there, so there's a couple, there's definitely a couple. So I think as a physician, I think we're built to think very analytically and also make uh, a lot of decisions, uh, cause you can't treat a patient unless you make a decision. And in, uh, and also balancing risk. So every, every decision you make as a physician, you're balancing risk for this patient. You're thinking, is this treatment or is this procedure or is this surgery, uh, more beneficial than the risk that I'm uh, I'm taking for this patient. And the idea, uh, and being a program decision maker, I think is, 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 you know, one key benefit to being a very good entrepreneur because in uh, as starting up a company, you're just balancing a lot of risks. Yet you're deciding if I add feature number one to this platform, or if I, um, if we go out with X strategy, what is this a going to be successful? And then if, if not, what's the risk to this whole company? Like everything could fall apart if I take this. So I think the idea of decision-making risk management um, is, you know, it's programmed into us because we're doing this daily. So I think that is definitely one avenue. You know, another, uh, this sort of a, uh, I'm, I'm giving you a little divergence because it just popped in my head. 
But I remember when I was at Ronman, I took a class in entrepreneurship. And me and a couple of friends uh, in the class, you had to start, you had to create your own startup and even a pitch deck for this startup company. That was the whole semester. And we created a travel, uh, a travel website. My friends still make fun of me. I still think it's a brilliant idea. So my two colleagues, they know, they know who I'm talking to if they're listening to this. We should re, we should circle back on this one. It was a brilliant idea, this, this travel website. But anyway, the point was the, the, the teacher came up to the professor and she asked me, she's like, why are you doing this travel website? Uh, it's like, you're, you're, you're so deep into healthcare and people would die for that experience. You should really focus your energy on like that area. And I told her, no, listen, this is my chance to spread my wings. I'm at Rotman. I'm the only physician here. I want to do something completely out of the box. I'm happy I did. It was a great option. But circling now back to real life where you're starting it up, I think that's another thing. And that's another thing I would point is pick an area where you know your knowledge base gives you a competitive advantage. Uh, you know, so if it's in your key area of specialty or it's in some sort of way that you deliver medicine or, uh, you know, in my standpoint, it's, it's how do physicians engage with mobile platforms. I'm a physician. I, I engage daily. I, I understand that space pretty well from a physician side. I can add value there. So I think the other question that physicians need to ask themselves uh, as an entrepreneur is, are you getting into a business where are you getting into an idea where your skill set can, you know, gives you a huge competitive advantage that is very difficult for any outsider to come into. And, you know, it's just baked into you. If you've been in medicine and now you're, you're graduated and you're a practicing physician, at a minimum, you've been 15 to 20 years in healthcare and life sciences and medicine. You have that head start above everybody else uh, to get into it. So I think that's another part that I, I would highly suggest physicians should really focus on is that's another key to, uh, your, 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 uh, your edge is pick an area that you really can add value to. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, cause physicians do house a lot of knowledge that can be used, like you said, in the entrepreneurial space. And what I find interesting is the fact that, you know, in business school, you're taught to do risk analyses all the time, whereas physicians are kind of doing it on a day-to-day -day basis as they're dealing with patients. Um, you know, I kind of want to, I'm looking at your screen and it looks that there's a basketball enclosed in a glass case. I just wanted to ask where did that come from? Yeah. So, um, my closest friend, uh, got, got it for me for my 40th birthday last year. So it's a, a Pascal Siakam signed, uh, NBA finals ball. So he's a good friend of mine. Um, so yeah, he, that was my gift last year for my 40th birthday. And I'm a huge Raptor fan, huge Raptors fan. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of How It's Met. If you liked what you heard, please download and rate our episodes on whatever platform you listen on. Also, if you have any feedback on what you just heard, we'd love to hear it wherever you listen to or on our website, howitsmet.com. That way we can create better content that suits you. Till next time. Bye-bye.